Welcome to Coast to Coast with Calvin Roberts today. I'm joined by my co-host, Calvin Roberts. <laughs> there you go. How you doing, man? This is Calvin Roberts from Competitive 24. Just got the um, the opportunity to come on you guys' podcast, and I'm, I'm blessed for that. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Everybody else at work, but I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> welcome to On The Side, uh, part three from the Council and the Clutch. Uh, I'm running this one solo here. Got my boy Calvin Roberts here. Uh, ironically, we got the same name. Uh, wore the same jersey number at some point, yep, which is funny. True. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all started on Facebook, man. Like I actually, uh, I don't know if anybody else did this before. I don't know if I'm weird for doing this. I searched my own name on Facebook, and uh, ironically, this dude popped up, 23 in Hawaii. I'm like, word, yo, let me send him a request real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Ever, I remember that too. Yeah, and ever since then, that's pretty much we've been pretty much uh, rocking since then. Um, mm-hmm. I've been trolling the Lakers ever since then too. So, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> always a point oh, of contention on Facebook with that. But uh, we'll always. we'll we'll get to always. basketball a little later. But uh, <laughs> you know, I know you a little bit. But uh, you mind telling the, uh telling people about yourself? Yeah. So um, I'm com- coming out of the Bay Area. Uh, played three sports in pretty much all my life since seven. Yeah, since seven, played three sports all my life. Um, growing up in the Bay Area, playing sports. It's a little bit different from, you know, playing other you know, other places in the country, I should say. It's uh it's an experience because you're dealing with different cultures, different backgrounds, and you might get, you know, you know, one year you move up to as to say junior varsity and you might have a lot of, you know, a lot of whites. And the next year, you know, you might have, you know, a lot of Asians, a lot of Latins. Sometimes it's it's less blacks. So growing up in the Bay Area especially where I grew up on the peninsula side, it's, it's, it's basically, it's basically dominated by other races besides blacks. And so for me, I was playing, you know, sports, you know, against the whites, blacks, a couple blacks, um, Latins, and, you know, pretty much, you know, Islanders and things like that. That was pretty much it. And so until I moved into obviously college where, you know, mostly the, the dominant race is, you know, especially football was black. And so growing up, uh, I'm a, you know, I'm the big brother of three, uh, played sports pretty much every day. You know, you go out in the backyard, you play some strikeout, you play horse. We had a basketball court in the backyard. Uh, we had it all as a kid. And so my cousins would come over and, you know, friends as well. And we, we would have competition until like eight o'clock at night until it was getting dark. So I was always as a kid competitive. And that's some of the reason why I even named the show Competitive 24. And, you know, some people think it's about, oh, you, you love Kobe so much. You got to name it Competitive 24. I thought that. It was. I was going to ask wasn't. you about that. <laughs> it really wasn't. And I was um I was trying to explain to one of my one of my boys, like, I was like, man, I'll say, let's, I'm going to break it down to you. Competitive is in my nature. Um, I'm just a competitive dude. I might come at, I might come off as, you know, super calm, you know, nice, respectful, but I'm competitive and that's one of my, you know, that's one of my, uh, my favorite words to even use competitive, you know, stay competitive and 24 comes from the Jersey. I, that was my first number I wore playing, um, you know, organized sports in school. 
So I started playing uh, basketball in seventh grade. That was my first, you know, middle school was your first time playing, you know, with your school. So 24 was just given to me and they just gave me the number 24. So I always remember it. And I always say I, I wore 24 before Kobe. So I was that's going to say that. So this is all before Kobe. All before I Kobe. Thought, mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was like, because as I said, we I always troll you about the Lakers. I troll Lakers fan about the Lakers anyway. <laughs> but I, I always thought it was like a legit Kobe thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, he really does love Kobe, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. I do love Kobe. And Kobe is, um, uh, he's been... He's he's been like an influence and he's been, you know, somebody that I can, you know, look up to. And, you know, if I'm if I'm down, if I have like a moment that I'm feeling down and if I go look at it, either a highlight is going to TV and you see what Kobe's doing. He's you know, he dropped 45 and he um, he did it when he was, you know, um, on the road down by down by 10 with four minutes ago. It's things like that that made me look, you know, made me realize like, dude, this dude like has been grinding all of his life to get to this moment. And when he, yeah. when he got that, when he got the opportunity, he go ahead, he went ahead and uh, cashed in and he obviously had five championships, but Kobe was, you know, my, my dad passed away in 2005 and he would, he, yeah, he would, um he always respected Kobe, but he never liked him because he, my dad was more of a golden state, you know, Sacramento Kings guy. So he would, especially back in the early 2000s, they had all those, um, all those, all those good games, all the, um, all the good playoff uh, series they had, and so he would always go back and forth about, you know, how Kobe and Shaq are cheating and they shouldn't be playing mm-hmm. together, and uh, we would go back and forth until um, the last conversation I ever had with my dad was about Kobe, and it stuck mm-hmm. for me forever, and I will never forget it. Because it was just the same as, you know, how we always had. He was making fun of me, like Kobe this, Kobe that. And uh, he was saying that how Kobe will end up one of the greatest players um, back in 2005, right before he passed away. And we were talking mm. about that. And that was the last conversation I ever had with my father. So it, it, it goes pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kobe's a staple in your life. So definitely. Kinda, He'll always uh, be remembered for sure. For yeah, sure. Kind of sure. like, yeah. Uh, your pops was talking. Um, obviously, I'm a Kings fan, but uh, that mm-hmm. I, I watched that old one, like uh, Western Conference Finals, probably like twice, twice a year, just to make myself mad. I don't know why. I just do it. Um, just going knowing back. with Tim Donahue. Yeah, knowing what Tim Donahue said and all that, I'm like, man, but we really should have had one, and and it, it would have been crazy for cra- me, right? It would have been really crazy if the Kings actually got past the Lakers. What could have happened to that rivalry? And I also think. If the Kings would have won one of those series, I think Kobe and Shaq stay together a little bit longer. And I don't think the, Gary Payton and Carl Malone go on the Lakers. I don't think. I think Kobe and Shaq find a way to get it done. Maybe they end up with four. Maybe they end up with five. But I think the Kings series was a crucial point of them, you know, staying together and eventually breaking up. Yeah, and uh, for me, I'm looking at it at the other side too. Obviously, you know, from Virginia, same mm-hmm. place as AI, yeah, same city, yeah. and it's kind of like that year would have been my favorite team versus my favorite player. Yeah, and as a kid, you know, it's kind of like I got two teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was never that kid where I said I had two teams, but I always said, "Oh, I like the Kings, and I like whoever uh, I'm. I like you know Iverson." I never yeah. said I like the Sixers. So for me, that would have definitely been like a, you know, one of those things that I would have definitely talked about, mm-hmm. you know, as an adult. Like, yeah, I remember AI played the Kings, you know. Win or loss, I would have been fine with the result because yeah. AI is kind of like 
the Charles Barkley kind of like got That's all the guy. accolades, but no rings. That's yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I yeah. feel it, man. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. Yeah, definitely. And for him not to win a ring, I always tease my brother about it because my brother's favorite player is Allen Iverson. And, you know, I just mm-hmm. think about Allen Iverson. I did a podcast on, it's called The Little Guys. And I rank Allen Iverson number one for the best six foot player to ever, six foot player and under to ever, you know, lace him up. This dude was yeah. bad. The dude was unbelievable. And I think that he's a first ballot, you know, Hall of Famer. Should have won a ring, you know, dynamic scorer. And it was really nobody like him. You know, people trying to imitate him. And if you're small, you were, you know, your headband, the cornrows, you know, trying to do Man. a crossover. <laughs> it was nobody like AI. You know, nobody like AI. He's, he's one of a kind. That's why. I always respect that dude, man. He's he's a, a bulldog. He's just a warrior, you know? And and this is what got me. When you knew he was a staple, mm-hmm. people thought he was wearing the uh the arm sleeve for like fashion reasons. Yeah. Like, he actually had a flared up elbow <laughs> and the See, I never knew that. created it. I yeah, never like, knew he that. Actually had, he had a, he actually had an elbow problem. Like he had, it used to flare up during games. Okay. So uh, somebody on the training staff actually came up with the idea to uh, just make the sleeve for him so he could keep it compressed. So <laughs> that's how it everybody else just started doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they thought it was cool. So it's like that man was a trendsetter. He um, was. But yeah, it, it's crazy how that everything. Cornrows, tattoos. Now yep. it's like they they put that dress code in because this man is wearing jerseys. Now they kind of took the dress code away, and now they just coming in here looking like Westbrook from the nineties. You look like yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook man. Is, yeah. <laughs> I love Westbrook, Westbrook man. Uh, he he comes to games just I don't know what he's gonna wear. He, I mean, you can you can go you can you can probably put a bet line of what Russell Westbrook might wear the next game, and you can probably get some get some good money on like if he's gonna wear this, he's gonna wear this. He's gonna be sleeveless. He's gonna be shorts. You know, one pant exactly. leg up, one pant leg down. I mean, sh- crop top. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. You never really know. Photography vest, like you don't know what he's gonna get. It's crazy. I I couldn't wear some of the stuff he wears. That's I wouldn't go out the house looking like that. That's just that's. I just wouldn't me. even go in a store that sells half the stuff he's <laughs> wearing. Nothing, man. No I way. wouldn't feel comfortable in that type of store. But uh, <laughs> so uh, let's kind of move along a little bit here. We're gonna uh, talk about your college experience. So yeah. um, we're both college athletes, but we played on different levels. So. Mm-hmm. Um, want to kind of get into your journey, um, you know, to where you got, kind of how you got there and kind of your experience overall. Definitely, man. Um, so back in high school, I was, I was getting recruited, but I was only getting recruited by certain schools. And I remember I had a full scholarship, uh, basically going to St. Mary's university. It's actually right. It's about maybe 15, 15 minutes from where I'm living right now in the East Mm -hmm. Bay of the Bay area. So I got a full scholarship going there. They were offering me and they told me to come out and play. I mean, to come out and check them out. So me and my family go out there and basically like a little, little, you know, recruiting uh, type of um, business trip. And so we go out there, I see a quarterback. He's pretty much just like me. So they recruit me for quarterback. So I'm a quarterback in high school and I just play defensive back, you know, because I was actually, you know, I was actually pretty good at it. So they put me on the defensive side of the ball, but I was, my main position was QB. So when they were, you know, they were recruiting me, they were recruiting me to play quarterback at that college. And so when we went there and we saw the guy playing, it was, I think it was a junior. So he had one more year after that. So that's why they were preparing to basically somebody to take over his position. And he was, he was good. He was pretty much the same size, 5'11", 6 feet, ran around, scrambled, threw a good ball. And I thought he was good, but he was also missing some things. 
And so I talked to the coaching staff, um, you know, introduced me to, you know, certain people around the campus. Um, long story short, uh, it was about three or four months later, the football team cancels. The football program cancels. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pissed. And that was pretty much my only offer that I had in high school. I had a lot of letters, you know, we like you and we want you to play here at University of Washington. But I never heard from them. And so the only team I heard was from St. Mary's University. And so when that football team canceled, I was, I was, I was down, man. I was, I didn't know what to do. Um, I was getting advice from multiple people and I was listening to my dad mostly. He was saying that I should go to San Francisco City College. It's one of the most recognized, you know, city colleges, especially for football in the, in the, in the United States. So we go up there, take a visit. Uh, I end up, you know, go ahead and went to San Francisco University. It was, it was, I wouldn't say drama. It was just, it didn't work out for me. They had me play DB. I was thinking about going for quarterback. They said, no, we'll probably want you to go play corner. So I go play corner. Wasn't working out. Um, long story short, I had an opportunity to be on a scout team for offense. So I said, ah, just give me the rock. I'll go over here and play some play some offense. This is what I'm used to. So I was playing running back for a scout, and I was just I was actually I was actually basically killing out there. And this is versus a great defense. And so they're saying, won't you just come, you know, play running back? So I was playing running back now. I was a, basically a backup to the other guy. Other guy in front of me, his name was Dallas. And he was he was solid. He was a solid running back. Mm-hmm. But I never really got no PT. You know, I was always over playing, you know, little special teams here, special teams there. But I never got no, you know, really, you know, PT. I was only in practice. I'm over here, you know, in practice you know, running the ball and doing my shakes and, you know, stiff arms. I'm doing all this energy, but I'm not getting to the game. And so I was, I was pissed. And so I told my dad, you know, and screw this, man, I'm just going to play baseball. And he was, he was shocked. I'm just baseball. You're not gonna play two sports. Cause I'm a, I'm a three sport athlete, but I knew I wasn't playing basketball going after high school. So I wanted to go ahead and play two sports. The two sports was basketball. I mean, the two sports was baseball and football. And so I wanted this to play baseball at the time. So we go up to the uh, Skyline College now, and my dad's with me. He talk, We're talking to the coach, and, you know, first day of practice, we're practicing. You know, a couple weeks go by. It's, it's going pretty good. They have me, you know, hitting in the lineup. I'm, we're doing little scrimmages. And April 18th, I'll never forget it, my dad passes away. And so mm. that right there pretty much changed everything. And for me to go ahead and continue to play baseball, it was really tough. I didn't, I felt it was, it, I was, it was something missing, obviously. And I was empty and I didn't love it. Like I should love it. And everything was concentrating, concentrated on my dad passing. And before my dad passing, it was just a crazy year. I, my, my, my daughter was born and my my daughter was born in February and my dad passed away in April. So with those months all in combined, I'm still on the baseball team and I'm just confused. I'm hurt. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about if I'm have enough money for my daughter, if, you know, who's going to help me out. My dad was my best friend. I talked to him about everything. And for me, just to lose him like that, just, to, you know, lose him, you know, with my daughter coming into the world, it was, it was, it was just crazy, man. And I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. So I was in a, I was in a, a dark place. I was in a very dark place. And I know athletes out there, you know, they're thinking like, oh, you know, he made it. 
he had it easier than me. I, I probably didn't. I mean, we all had it hard and we all had issues. We all have, you know, our problems, but what I had to go through was, it was deep, man. It was, it was really mm-hmm. deep. And I, I was, you know, drinking, I was smoking. I knew I was just confused. And so I told my baseball coach, you know, you know, I'm not sure I'll be back. If I do be back, it's going to be in a couple of weeks. Those couple of weeks went, you know, those couple of weeks went by. I didn't show up. I was just, I was in a confused place and I don't know, you know, where or who I was. I was, I was, I was just lost. And so going, moving forward with that, the summertime, I decided not just to pay baseball. You know, so I said, screw baseball. I just, I'm not sure if I want to play a sport no more. And I was looking online and I saw a picture. I'll never forget it. I saw a picture of, it was a DB that I seen playing, um, you know, so City College and San Mateo are rivals. So those are the big mm-hmm. rivals here in the Bay Area. Um, I went to City College, and this guy that I saw on the on the screen, his name was Evan Roman. So Evan Roman mm-hmm. is still one of my one of my good friends. That's my brother to heart. Um, I saw him on the screen, and he's wearing number twenty three. I thought, man, this dude is doing it, man. He looks good in that blue. I never thought about going to college of San Mateo, but I'm going to go check them out. So I go down there and say, you guys have a spot. I mean, I'm still trying to play. And they were telling me, they went through my transcripts and they're telling me that I would have, I would have to sit out a year in order to play down there. So I'm basically losing my red shirt. And that was crucial because I wanted to keep my red shirt going forward um, whenever I went to the university, if I decided to. And so, yeah. The red shirt, they said, I have the red shirt. So I said, you know what? I don't care. I'm staying here. I'm not going back to city. I'm not going back to San Francisco City College. I want to stay down here. And so my red shirt year happens and nobody knows me. And I just come in. I've come in with red cleats and the the whole, this is a blue, it's a blue, it's a blue school. So everybody's looking at me, what the hell are you? Red cleats and red and white cleats on. And I go out there and I'm just getting used to it. And I remember my, uh, my coach, Coach T, man, shout out to Coach T, man. He he put me out. He started me on a scrimmage game. He told me to go ahead and start. And I was pumped, man. I remember I missed my first tackle. I was so pumped up. I missed my first tackle. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was so pumped up. And so the second time happens uh, as a running back. He was about maybe 200 pounds coming at me. He was about to – he was trying to blow me up. So what I usually do, I I, I like to cut. So I, I I cut his knees out. This dude, he did a flip. Like <laughs> dude did a flip. Everybody started going crazy, and you can see it. And after the game, you can see it on the on. A, we always watch video, obviously, and you can see on the video me just yeah. cutting the hell out of him. This he's doing a flip and everything, and all of a sudden it was just like, okay, this dude can play. This dude is bad, and so I was I wasn't able to play in the games. I was just able to play in practice, and so I was out there talking crap to. You know who Julian Edelman every single day. He couldn't throw on me. He couldn't do. He couldn't run on me because you're the quarterback. We can't touch you. So I, me and him, yeah. we we go back and forth all day. So Julian, love you, man. Right on for the uh, for the great memories out there. And you know, you know, you guys know the story about Julian Edelman going on to you know Kent State and the in the Patriots his his career with Tom Brady. And yeah. he was he was a he was a good quarterback, but he knew he could not throw on my side because. Obviously, I know some of the plays that you're going to run. So every scene, I mean, you got what, maybe 20 routes in the whole route tree that you guys can run. I know most of them. I know a lot of the receivers. So I was getting it to everybody, every single practices. And, you know, the coaches staff loved it. The players loved it. My energy, I was always upbeat. And I fell in love again with the sport of football. 
And I keep, you know, emphasizing that to some of the, you know, people that listen and, you know, you have to love what you're doing. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. And for me to get back to that level was, it was a blessing. It was unbelievable. I never thought I would get back to that level of loving football, loving a sport, just, just like I, I, you know, just like that. And, you know, going forward, you know, my sophomore year, I come in with lots of letters, lots of, you know, offers and lots of, you know, you guys should, you should visit this school, come visit us, come visit us. It, it was letters literally coming in every single practice almost. We practiced four days a week um, over the, um, over the off season, those letters coming in every day, man. It was just, you know, you had Washington, Washington state, Oregon state, all the, you know, the PAC 12 or the PAC 10, when it was back then, the mm-hmm. PAC 10, it was just everybody coming in and I didn't play a single snap. Just think about that. I didn't play a single snap. I was basically, they, they sent out the, the, the pre all American. I was number nine. I was a number nine cornerback in the nation and I didn't play a single snap. And I give all of that. That's, that's crazy. That's, film. that's film. <laughs> that's a lot of film. And my coach, my coaching staff send the film out and they liked me. And so, you know, going to the season, it was um, going into the season. I started out good. I started out good. I remember I had about two picks in about four games, um, just playing solid. Then all of a sudden I had a knee injury. And so I, I partially tore my MCL. It was a grade two tear and i'll never forget it because i was crying i thought my season was over they said you can bounce back it's not completely torn but you're gonna feel it for sure you're not gonna be pretty much the same player this year but you can you know you can come back from this and i remember doing all the therapy all the you know stem and ice all the things you have to do to get back on the field and i returned in i think it was about three weeks i missed two games we had a bye week i come back and i'm not really the same I feel I feel good. I you know the adrenaline's kicking in. I'm feeling good. I'm not really the same. I end up getting. I think in the end of the year, I get three picks. It's like three or four picks that year, and I remember some of the colleges start disappearing. Like all of a sudden, disappearing colleges. Um, I knew I wasn't a. Um, so for junior college, you have to be a. Uh, how should I say this? A uh, a mid year transfer. You have to be you know transferring in about December. You want to be graduating in December. If you're not going to be graduating in December, you want to be graduating in May. And so I was trying to graduate in December, couldn't do it. And so some colleges backed off. So, you know, 2007 comes around spring ball, trying to graduate. And by May, couldn't do it. So I'm over here struggling in school. I'm, I'm just thinking like, damn, I have the perfect opportunity right here, but I'm still struggling in the classroom trying to get you know, my grades, I'm trying to get my, my transfer ability to go ahead and transfer out. And so I go on five recruiting trips. I keep it short, uh, five recruiting trips. The one I definitely remember is obviously Hawaii. So I go into Hawaii, I get there and I notice some of the players kind of, you know, you know kind of blow me off. Yeah, he, you know, you don't, you know, who's he, it doesn't really matter. And some those are some of the top players I'm thinking in my head, like, damn, okay. Yeah. As if it's like this is when they were like they were on TV like every they weekend. They were bad. <laughs> this team was Run that that's time. the reason. That's some of the reason why I wanted to go there. So my whole plan was to go to a university that I had an opportunity to shine. I wanted to shine on the big stage. I wanted to shine on TV. I wanted people to go ahead and see me on that stage. And that's some of the reason why I chose that school over. I was I had a full scholarship going to um I think it was uh, what color was it Western Illinois so Western Illinois recruited me it was they were recruiting me hard that's the same college of you know I think did Jimmy yeah Jimmy G went there um 
uh, who else went there? Uh, Roma went there. It was a couple of guys that went there. So they recruited me tough. They wanted me to go there. I liked the campus. It was about, I think, a couple hours from Chicago. It was it was cool. I never been out mm-hmm. there. It, I liked it. And so I chose Hawaii over them because of the stage of the D1 football playing on a stage. And I knew the first game of the 2008 season was going to be against Tim Tebow and the Gators. So I was pumped. And I looked at I look at mm-hmm. schedules. I look at the if they had the next year's schedule, I'm looking at I'm looking at rosters. I'm looking at who's graduating, who's coming in, who's the bad guys on the team. And so the only person I seen as a threat going to Hawaii and I knew him about it. I knew about him before was Ryan Mouton. And this dude was bad. And I seen his highlight tapes and we were, I remember we were looking at his highlight tapes, me and me and my boy, Evan, and we, had, we were both corners at, you know, San Mateo junior college. And we're looking at his tape like, damn, this dude is bad. He's going to Hawaii. He should be probably going somewhere like in the sec. I mean, this dude is bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember his speed, his uh his speed that he had when he when he got the ball and obviously when he was you know you know pursuing the ball it was just it was bar none probably the fastest guy I've seen on defense and this dude was going to Hawaii so it's basically me and him coming in and so I remember getting there the some of the coaching staff was telling me that he's not gonna make it his grades are poor we really we really we really need you calvin we really need a, a corner that can come in and you know um go ahead and start for us and you know this and that and i'm thinking okay cool you know i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna do my thing and you know i'm gonna I'm have a chance to start you know my junior year so i go into camp about maybe three days in they already started their camp i go they go into camp three days in and i remember i was pretty much bulking up for that and i was like two I think I was like 204. I was like 204 playing corner. It's pretty big. And I was, um, I remember I was, I remember I was a little too big because I remember I, was, I felt a little heavy. I felt strong as hell, but I, I felt a little heavy. And so I was out there, we were practicing and now I had fresh legs. Everybody was dragging along. It was a double day. Everybody's dragging along. And it was, um, it, it was interesting because I remember it was a couple plays that I, I had and I was, I was doing good. I was, you know, trying to lock up the receiver, but the coach pulled me to the side and say, no, we don't do that. We don't do a thing. Um, we don't do, you know, how a corner lines up from a right receiver. Uh, they have their feet mm-hmm. about shoulder width apart, maybe a little bit longer, a little bit, a little bit wider, I should say. And you pay bump and run. They didn't want me to do that. And so I'm thinking like, wait a minute, man, this is, this is what I do. Like I, I usually get into the receiver's face and I like to bump and run. They said, no, we want you to stagger a little bit. Won't you have, and so if I'm playing right corner and they would have my left leg go back and my right leg go forward and I'm right next to the receiver, I'm basically bumping and run with a staggered, you know, position. I was like, what the hell? I never did this before. <laughs> so did you have a lot of safety? That's a question. Did you have a lot of safety help in line? It was, at that point, it was or? safety help. So we ran a lot. It was a, it was, okay. yeah, it was a, uh, it was a four, three defense. It was a lot of, it was safety help. But at the same time, if we had to go either one-on-one or if we had to, you know, play a play a cover two, a cover three. They wanted me to go up there and motor. It's called motor. So I, I was like, hell, I, I never did this before. So I remember we had a scrimmage at the you know, Aloha Stadium and I was guarding a guy named CJ. CJ's fast. He's a legit I mean, four high, maybe four, three, four, four guy. He was fast. They said, we want you to see, we want you to, we want to see you go up there and motor against these guys. This is how you get playing time. So I'm going, okay. I got to do what I got to do. So I go up there and, you know, I'm, I'm face to face with the guy I'm motoring and dude beats me, man. He just, just beats me. I'm, I'm pissed off. 
I'm I'm not I'm not sure what to think. And I'm just like, damn, if they're gonna have me play like this, how can how can I even play? So long story short, they don't mm-hmm. take me, they don't take me on the first trip. And the first trip they played, I think it was La Tech. They played Louisiana Tech. And I think it was down there. They didn't take me. So I'm I get left behind. And that changed everything because I'm I'm pissed. I'm go I'm coming from California, leaving my daughter, and I'm out here not even traveling with the team. Whew. Oh man, I can't I can't say some of the stuff that I want to say, but I was I was outraged, (laughs) man. I couldn't. I'm going. I'm sweating right now, and just going back and thinking about that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if anybody knows about college, like I've had a couple times where I'm looking at you know get the travel list. I'm looking at it. I didn't see my name. Like hold on, but they put the they used to put the list out. I think like Wednesday or something. But they always changed it, so I don't know if that was like a thing that they just used to do just to kind of. Say like, hey, you need to step mm-hmm. it up. But I, I, it was a couple times my senior year I didn't see my name. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. well, what am I doing this weekend? Uh, oh man, <laughs> you know I'm a little upset. Ooh. I'm like, what am I doing this I, weekend? And then you know by Friday comes, you know, okay, all right, I'm back on the list. But what's going on? Like doing the whole. You're week, frustrated. You know, they don't take yeah. you off of any. Yeah, they don't take you off anything. Like you're still starting on all special teams. They're not taking you off anything, <laughs> but. Your name's not, it's like, what's going on? So I don't know. I, I never understood I that. I never understood it either. Just the thought of not going, it's like. And it's it's tough. It is really, it's really, it's really tough. And I was yeah. so mad, man. I remember the team got in and I, I texted, uh, I texted coach, coach Reinbald. Um, shout out to coach Reinbald out there, man. Great coach, great instructor. Um, I texted him saying, what the heck, what's going on, man? Like you guys brought me all the way out here. And I'm not even, I'm not even traveling on the team. Not only I'm, I'm not, of course, I'm not even starting, but I'm not, I'm not even traveling. This is this is this is horrible. This is my junior year. This is when you're supposed to get it in. And so, you know, you go to your senior year and obviously the scouts are going to attract scouts your junior year. And so he's like, well, you know, you came late. You know, you have to work yourself in. You have to make some plays. I'm like, damn, man, I'm trying to make plays. I, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm telling him all the excuses I have. I hate excuses. And I'm telling them the excuses I had, how I had to come late, how I, I, I don't like the defense you guys are running. So I'm pissed. I'm pissed. And I remember going to I, – I, I, I didn't go to his office. I went to another coaching staff office, and I let him have it. I was cussing. I was pissed. I was angry. I told him, if you guys don't – if you guys don't want me here, I'm leaving first thing in the morning. I don't care what kind of class I had. I don't care about my damn scholarship because all I wanted to do was play football. And so I, I wouldn't – I would never go there – not to play football, just to go to school. That's just me. People say, you're crazy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't live in Hawaii just to go to school. I was like, no, I wouldn't. Because of what I had in mind, the, the, the sport, the football, the love for football was over that. I wanted to play. This is why I got into the game, because I wanted to play. All the sweat, all the lifting weights, all the, all the, um, all the sprints, everything we had to do to get to that point, and it's all going to just disappear. I'm like, I'm not. No. Hell no, actually. And so... They gave me, you know, multiple, <laughs> they gave me multiple opportunities. Um, I remember I was just going crazy at practices, trying to beat everybody in uh, conditioning drills, um, just everything. If we had to do one-on-ones, I'm just, you know, grabbing receivers, passing interference. I don't give a damn. I'm just trying to get it in. I'm trying to get on the field. And so we had our next trip was San Jose State. And, you know, that was a big trip for me because that was, you know, that was actually going back to, you know, the Bay Area you know, where I'm from, I can actually actually see my daughter again. And so I look on the list, you know, I'm there. So I'm good. I'm happy, this and that. Then, you know, go out there. We had a, you know, good game against San Jose State. I remember that was, I think that was on ESPN. We, um, we barely won that game. And ever since then, I've been traveling with the team, but I wasn't starting. 
you know, they had two good corners already in place. They had the guy, like I said, mm-hmm. Ryan Mouton come in and he was switching out with um, some of the other corners. He was playing a lot of nickel. So he was a really good nickel, a nickel, uh, a nickel back for us. And that gear, we were, you know, obviously unbelievable. We had what top five offense in the league. Uh, we ended up going to the Sugar Bowl. We got beat by Georgia, unfortunately. Uh, after that, senior year comes on and comes around, I should say, and I'm still not – I'm not number two. I think they had me a number three corner, number three or number four corner, and they had a they had a freshman. I think they had like a sophomore in front of me. I'm just like, man, this dude, these, these dudes are dogging me. And some people don't know about Hawaii, man. I was frustrated most of the time. It wasn't all, you know, bells and whistles. I'm not, you know – just you know laughing all the time enjoying the beach and enjoying the enjoying the atmosphere of hawaii i was pissed off most of the time because of football and the competition was always fierce because i always wanted to be you know the top guy and i'm always coming after you all the time and so spring spring ball comes around i remember going to spring ball i dominated man i mean I'm, i'm basically reading the offense before they even run and then you know you got the slot receivers doing you know, whatever they have to do. They don't have the wide receivers in the outside doing all these routes, but I'm just reading the offense. And before they even run the snap, I have an idea what they're going to run. So I basically dominated the spring practice and they had, they had me at number, I think they had me number three cornerback. So I was the third cornerback going in to the fall. And so we get into the fall. Our first game was, mm-hmm. uh, it was, yeah, you get against Tebow and the Gators. So we go out there and coach said, you know, this is the package we're putting in first. Well, you're in. So I basically started. I started my first game I ever started was the Gators and Tim Tebow and those boys, man. And they obviously won, but it was a, it was a hell of an experience and it was, uh, it was fun. And that season was just, just back and forth of playing big time games and, you know, me starting and me playing against the top wide receivers in the nation. And it was just an, an experience that this is what I wanted. This is what I worked all this time, all this tears, all the doubts, all the, you know, not thinking I'm going to make it, the, you know, drinking and smoking with the friends and telling them about your problems and, you know, all the bad advice I got too from different and different people. And it all comes down to this point. And it was my senior year. And I was just, it was a, it was a, it was a solid year for me. And, you know, going forward beside going forward with that, um, you know, I like to say if, if you're out there, if you ever have, any type of loss in your family, any type of, you know, any side distraction that you had outside, all I want to say is to stay focused. And it's kind of, you might say it's easy for me to say that, but I'm really, really talking about you You should really stay focused and you should get to things that you love to do. And if you love to do something, go ahead and do it. And that's the, that's the reason why I was able to basically make it at that level. I was always believed in myself and I never, I never gave up. And so I just, you know, I just want to say thank you for everybody that was a part of that, a part of that movement, all the people that came out and supported me, all those games that traveled, you know, all those miles just to see me play. If it's not on, it's not, if it's not seeing me play live, it's seeing me, you know, play on TV. I just want to thank everybody out there for, you know, you know, having an opportunity just to, just to, just to see me like that. And I'm just a walking, almost a walking miracle if you think about it, because I never thought I would be in this position that I was in and today, especially too, you know, just being alive as a African-American man at 33 years of age, it's just, you're, you're blessed. You're lucky, you know? So yeah. Yeah, man. 
was that was deep, deep, man. I was actually gonna hit you with a sound from the soundboard until you said something <laughs> that uh, I was ah. I was about to hit you with the awe oh, sound. Oh. I was about to hit you with that. Right on. <laughs> you changed the tune real quick. Yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> but yeah, that, well, yeah, I mean, that was pretty in-depth. And, you know, a lot of people, if you don't know him, you obviously have a good background of what, you know, what's going on now. You got his podcast yeah. name and a background. So, you know, he does a lot of, you know, sports talk, things like that um, on his podcast. So, you know, I'm going to kind of transition to that. And um, I'm going to actually kind of, what got you into podcasting because uh ironically you know we started around that same time i think you might have like a week yeah. on us um i, I randomly kind of saw you think mm-hmm. post something and i clicked on it, i was like yo we was just talking about the podcast <laughs> so it's kind of like it was crazy how it kind of started for you and when we get to your side i'll kind of tell you how it kind of developed mm-hmm. for us but what kind of got you into um you know podcasting? Yeah, podcasting has been a thing that i've been listening to podcasts probably back in 2012 it's been a minute and I always like podcasts. I was listening mm-hmm. to, you know, the, the Joe, uh, Joe Rogan show, um, just uh, you know, Stephen A. Mm-hmm. Smith out there. They, I mean, a lot of good guys out there. So I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. And I remember it was, I think it was 2017. I was about to start it and I didn't have nowhere to start it. That's the reason why I didn't start it soon enough because I didn't have nowhere to, you know, nowhere to speak, nowhere to talk, nowhere to podcast yeah. from. So that's some of the reason why I didn't start earlier. Um but the reason why I wanted to start the podcast is because I want to give back, you know, what I was taught as a kid and, you know, my experience and other athletes experience out there in the world that what they went through and, you know, what I went through, it's, is life. And the, the people that athletes growing up right now, they're going to, they're going to go through the same thing. They're going to go through life and have losses. You know, you might have a, you might have a kid at an early age. You might, you might lose a best mm-hmm. friend. You might, you know, your, your your college might not want you after a while. How do you bounce back from that? And so I felt like if I shared my story, you know, along with other athletes, I think people would listen. Athletes would listen. Parents would listen. And you know what? You know, it's possible. These guys did it. They went to this level. They got a scholarship. They got the degrees or if they got the degrees or not. And they were success, successful mm-hmm. at it. And that was some of the reason why I wanted to start the podcast to see you know, to tell people my story, this is how I did it. And it's very possible for pretty much anybody else. If you have the drive, if you have that mindset, if you love that game, you have the opportunity to go ahead and um, further your career because it's all about opportunity and the opportunities you have on social media, how you can promote yourself now. And I wish we had social media like this back when I was playing because it would have been, ooh. Oh man, on YouTube and the Instagram. <laughs> we say that all the time. Oh, <laughs> we had MySpace, man. I was like, man, I had MySpace, man. It was just old, man. So you can still get videos on true. MySpace, though. <laughs> <laughs> you can still get the video on your page. Oh, MySpace. On MySpace. Like we we always that's talk crazy. About that I haven't too. logged in my MySpace probably like in ten years. Um, but yeah, that's some of the reason why I wanted to start a podcast. This is just to give back and have the people out there just to listen mm. to what I'm you know, my life experience and uh, get other people into sports, man, because sports has been, you know, the biggest thing probably and one of the biggest thing in my life. So that's some of the reason why I wanted to start it. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. And we talked off a little bit off air about another tactic of that too. Um, kind of, I asked you kind of why mm-hmm. you started and uh, you said pretty much the same thing, but um, another thing I kind of put into it and a lot of people mm-hmm. overlooked it, look is, is like, trying to give advice without forcing it down yeah. your throat. 
because kids nowadays, just people in general nowadays, it's like if they don't want it, yeah. they don't want it. So you forcing something, they're going to automatically yeah. go against that. So it's good that you mm-hmm. can put it out there and I'm here if they yeah. need me. So, you know, that, that's that's like a good, you know, good way to get into it without kind of forcing, you know, forcing Definitely, on people. Man. Definitely. <laughs> Shoot. You got to do something. <laughs> like this 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 days in the, yeah, I mean, I was I mean, thinking about man, kids and they don't really a lot of video games, a lot of YouTube, and this is what it was taking over the world. And they're not going outside and enjoying the the youth. You know, going outside and join, you know, what you have to do. You only <laughs> do that in school, but when you go home, it's it's different, you know, these days. So, yeah. Yeah, that's Kids don't have scars anymore. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Kids don't they get don't. bruises anymore. You get a bruise now, and they probably think yeah, exactly. They might they might have to go to the hospital. They might back have to go to the day. ER. <laughs> you never know. Hey, exactly. Back in the day, you come back with a bruise. Like, boy, what you do? You go to school. They're like, oh, what did you do? Now it's probably like, yeah. is everything okay? Should we call your parents? Because <laughs> you <know>, nobody does <laughs> it. Exactly. Because nobody nobody goes outside anymore. You got kids out here that don't know how to ride that's bikes. It's crazy. Know? That's something that's like fundamental. It's crazy, and I, it's it's it's. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure whose fault it is, but it's like the it's the social media that's taking over. It's the the technology, I should say. That's who the blame. It's the mm-hmm. technology. The technology has just gotten better over the years. Technology it, it keeps getting better and better. They have all these social medias. They have all these opportunities for you know the Americans or whoever's out there to go ahead and and, and pay attention to. If you're paying attention to your favorite Netflix show. Or, you know, just something on YouTube, you're going to be mm-hmm. into that more, more than you're going to be going outside and, you know, going riding bikes and go playing, um, go playing catch with the neighbor or something like that. So it's, it's all about technology. Exactly. You know? Yeah. With us, with YouTube for us, I mean, only thing I could re- really remember like YouTube was with YouTube and instrumental so we can mm-hmm. rap over, you know, cause everybody wanted to be yep. rapping. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's true. So either, uh, you know, looking up instrumentals or you looking at dances, mm-hmm. like, uh, like you, you, what well, you got me about four years. So we still got yeah. that little gap, <laughs> but for us, it's still like, I mean, I remember seeing people watch videos about crank that like in class, right. like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> like the yeah. soldier boy dance. It, YouTube wasn't like a crazy thing. So like it is now where you have original content, you got everybody who can actually mm-hmm. post, uh, you can make your yeah. own content. Back then it was just kind of like, you didn't know what to do. It was entertaining, but it wasn't something where you can, you start here and then seven hours later, you're like, oh, yeah. what did they yeah. go? You know, it, you had cat videos and dance I videos remember. back then. That, I that was remember, about it. man. Those are good, those are good so, times. And, and highlight tapes. That was, yeah. And highlight tapes. Cause I remember that's when uh, West Virginia was on their thing with Noah yep. Devon and mm-hmm. all the boys. I remember watching their highlight tapes and I'm I'm like in high school, like that's crazy. Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> Not realizing like these dudes like all like barely bigger than me, but he's super yeah. fast. <laughs> so it, it that that was that was that was like the big difference from For now sure. and then. You know, now you just kinda enamored with technology all around. You got little kids, like my nephew is four. Uh, before he can string a sentence together, he was like mm-hmm. on a tablet controlling the TV. So it's crazy because you're born into it. Like we were kind of yeah. born into it, but it wasn't as advanced as it is now. Definitely, like definitely. <laughs> Times is changing, bro. Times is changing yeah. all the time. Yeah, crazy world. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so we gotta uh, move a little bit onto the sports cool. talk. Um, I know y'all didn't just tune in just to hear us talk, you know, about each other. Both Calvin's. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. Calvin Roberts talking to Calvin Roberts, Twilight Zone type stuff, right? <laughs> People's not gonna believe it. They're gonna be like, "No way! This is giving that Calvin. There's no way." Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, somebody's gonna be like, "No, nah, you taking? <laughs> you get him all the time." <laughs> is your troll finish you yeah. too much, boy? <laughs> everybody, everybody always think I got a joke. So sometimes when I'm serious, this is actually real, y'all. But um, 
So we can move on real quick, talk about a little sports, you know. Um, so you've been keeping up with like the NBA right now or well, actually before we get the NBA, uh, did you watch the game last night? Yes. The NCAA championship. I did watch that. That was that was a hell of a game. Yeah, I, I it was the opposite of what I thought it was gonna be. Yes, a lot know, of people think so. it was gonna be just a defensive game. I thought teams didn't come out firing. I mean, it's the last game, a championship game. You throw some threes and get, go to the lane, get some fouls, but it was overall it was good. I think Texas Tech, they uh they fought back and when they fought back and they were making those threes and they you know, they pushed it to overtime. I think the execution on defense, the mis you know, miscommunication. They're not paying attention to certain plays, back cuts. That's what got them the loss. I think if they would have stayed of uh, stayed at course, they would have ran their plays. They would have, you know, played lockdown defense. I think they should have won that game. I thought Texas Tech should have won that game for me. It was a, it was a little chippy at the end, a little scary. But um, I mean, I'm coming from a biased standpoint, obviously. Um, <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> I'm yeah. not a UVA fan. Yeah, I'm not a UVA fan. But you know, you, you support you support uh, your state when it comes down to it. But, you know, mo- actually, ironically, most people from this area, like I'm in a 757. Uh, well, my listeners know that. But, mm-hmm. you know, your listeners at the crossover, that's pretty much the Tidewater area. You got Allen Iverson, you know, Mike Dick, Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. Cam Chancellor. Just a hotbed of athletes, right? They do. Ironically, most of the fan base around here are like Carolina or Duke fans. It's like you would wow. think, okay, you I got can... two state schools. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like the state schools. Most people don't in the area that they really, really don't like the state schools. We're like, when it comes to football, right? Yeah. So you know, you got the levels of Division One, Division Two. You know all those things. Just in our area alone, we have three Division One schools within 30 minutes of each other. That's so crazy. it's kind of like if you're not in a crazy, if you're not like right by UVA or Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. or if you're not like really, really, really like into those schools because of your family, you're probably going to either not care mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're going to be more in tune to go to, okay, I'm going to watch. Uh, I'm a fan of Hampton. I'm a fan of HU. Or I'm a fan of Norfolk State. I'm a fan of ODU. So you're going to kind of be wherever your team is. We got William & Mary. Yeah. We got JMU. We got a lot of schools that play actual D1 football. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we have a lot of diversity where a lot of states can't say that. Yeah. Um, where it's literally you got that one team and or you got those three teams and based off how close you are, those are your squads. So it's kind of like we have that crazy thing. So a lot of people aren't really UVA fans and we, we're out there saying, OK, well, congratulations. But, you know, I'm still not a fan. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I, you know, ironically, my cousins, both of my, uh, you know, two of my closest cousins, they're, they're UVA fans. So, of course, it's their first win. So I'm I'm trolling them all the time. Man, um, yeah, one was actually just on Instagram that's stories. Right. That's right. Their first going championship. In, like, yeah, he was going in. He was like, all right, get off the court, Texas Tech. Y'all just lost. Why y'all here? Bye. Bye. Get out of here. You know, he's just talking trash. <laughs> so, of course, me being the troll I am, I just kind of put the Tar Heel in his uh, Tar Heel emoji in his, uh, in his message. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I root for the ACC. Anybody but Duke, you know, that's pretty uh, much my motto. Can't you know, stand Duke. Anybody but Duke. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, Duke a, just, I'm a North Carolina guy. Ever since I was growing up, yeah. I, I like North Carolina. I seen that baby blue. I seen I seen mm-hmm. Vince Carter dunk, and I seen you know Anton Jamerson, all those boys, and that, those are the teams, and that's why I fell in love with the college basketball is because of Carolina, Carolina blue, yeah. and you go over to the, the the Duke, you know they got the royal blue, but nobody mm-hmm. like I didn't like Duke. I mean they got Coach K over there, he had a perfect coach over there. I mean the way they did <laughs> things at Duke, everything was I didn't I so didn't perfect, right? It was perfect, and I didn't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's that's just that's movie. That's a movie right there. So that's the reason why I fell in love with the with uh, especially with college basketball, of course, North Carolina. 
you know, in going back to that game, um, that game was uh it was it was an interesting game. I thought obviously Virginia was gonna be the favorite, but I I thought Texas Tech was gonna win that game. And it's, it it kind of bothers me a little bit because I was watching the game and they just they're shooting <laughs> themselves in the foot. Man. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about pressure. Like UVA has been in this situation. Well, not this exact situation, but they've been in high pressure games. They have. Texas Tech has. They have. So it's kind of like, you know, they probably were a little bit more ready for it. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought coming into it, honestly, it was going to be, all right, you got UVA running the zone all day. You got Texas Tech who's going to have one man pretty much full court press. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a, like maybe 50 to 47. Like I wasn't even being dramatic when I say yeah. that. Like, I really thought it was going to be a low scoring game. Mm-hmm. A lot and of people did. Up until about, yeah, it was like eight minutes into the first half, it was what, like 17 to six. <laughs> it was crazy. Up, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> then you look up, it's like, oh, shoot, they're actually scoring. So, yeah. you know, it was a lot of clutch, a lot of clutch basketball going on the, on the UVA side of things. But, definitely, you know, it, it was a good way to close the season out because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, start the season off, you just knew Duke and Zion was going to win. Yeah. But, you know, when the tournament started, you saw how they were barely winning every game. Well, it even started before the uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they, were, they were just barely winning games. And it's like, you should be blowing these teams out the water if yeah. you are who you say you are. Exactly. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm glad, you know, UVA won. You know, we got one here finally. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> outside of that, um, you've been keeping up with the NBA? Definitely, man. Always keeping up with the NBA. That's probably... I, I don't know, NBA, NFL, I'm not sure which one's my favorite one to follow, but it's up there. I'm always keeping track with the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, as far as for that, it's kind of crazy in the East right now. Um, just kind of looking at it right now as far as, like, the projections of the playoff. Yeah, it's coming up close. Um, we still, yeah, stop fighting for the AFC. Mm-hmm. Whoever gets it going to get Milwaukee, though, so. How do you feel like, what do you what do you feel like Milwaukee? I feel like for, for Milwaukee, I believe that, they can win a series. I'm not sure they can get out of the East. That's my biggest thing. And I mm. think that the best player in the East is the Greek, the Greek freak. He's, I believe he's yeah. the best player in the East, but I'm not sure they can get out of the East. And to just to go ahead and move forward, I'm not sure what you wanted to talk about with the with the NBA, but the playoff picture. Um, I believe that the that the Boston Celtics is still the number one team if i had to pick a team if i had if my life depending on it it's hard not to choose the celtics i would lean towards toronto i think toronto and the celtics are the two top teams i believe in philly but i think that ben simmons not having a jump shot is going to affect <laughs> that it's going to affect it because you can yeah. the thing the thing is you can you can live with that during a regular season you can go ahead and win you know, certain amount of games. But when it goes to the playoffs, teams are going to go ahead and gear. They're going to go ahead and scout. They're going to go ahead and scheme on on the defensive side of the ball for you to basically you're going to you're going to show your weakness in the playoffs. And if he's not put the ball in Ben Simmons hands, what was that? <laughs> That's what's going to. I said they're going to put the ball in Ben Simmons hands. Definitely. That's what's going to happen. He, like, he's teams great. are going to. Yeah, he's a teams great. Teams are going to force. They're going to force him to shoot. They're going to they're going to pull up. Mm-hmm. They're going to defend up like Draymond. They're going to stand about. Four or five feet away, mm-hmm. <laughs> like go ahead and shoot. Let him shoot. So they're gonna. He's a point guard, so he has to have the ball in his hand. So yeah. they're gonna really make him try to, you know, it's, try to win a game. It's but. weird. It's you know how weird it is because I thought that over the summer he's gonna improve. Like he might go get get out there, start, start shooting seventeen footers and trying to knock down, you know, seventeen footer. Then he might move back to twenty feet. Then he might move out to you know the, the yeah. twenty four. 
but there's no improvement on his jump shot, which is crazy to me because you need a jump shot as a point guard in the NBA. You need some type of Jimmy. You, you do, you actually need it. And for him to not to go ahead and improve on that stage of his game is really concerning to me. If I was a Philly fan, if I was, you know, a part of the, the, the 76 organization that would concern me because you have such a talented team out there. I mean, Embiid is probably what I think he's probably the best big man in the NBA. And you have all these pieces around them that you guys look like a championship team, but one of your best players and Ben Simmons cannot shoot a jump shot. And if it was me, if I didn't have a jump shot and they were defending me like that, they're sagging off. I wouldn't really shoot the jump shot. I would just drive into the lane. I would force action. I would force my way to the free throw line. And that's another thing I think he doesn't have confidence in is his free throws. If you can't shoot free throws now, yeah, forget about it. Any shooting is not in Ben Simmons' arsenal right now. It's not. Like I want, I want to throw the Kardashian joke out there, oh, but this man. has been before them. <laughs> he couldn't shoot before them, so I can't even blame them. But honestly, like since we're talking about Philly, like Philly is to me like the team that I can see coming out, but I don't see them beating anybody out the West. Yeah. But honestly, though, basketball mind, even though coaches are stubborn, they know they should do certain things, but they're kind of stubborn because they're stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. I would honestly say, if it comes down to it, I would probably put the ball in J.J. Reddick's hand. Yeah. And let Ben Simmons play off the ball. Because you know he can shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've done that all year. They, I would kind of... Yeah, they, they, I don't think they're going to do that because J.J. is more of a come-off-the-screen guy. He likes to move around a lot. Him with the ball is not too... I've seen him with the ball a couple times. It's not too bad. But the guy, I think, that they need to give the ball to and put maybe Ben Simmons on the bench is going to be Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buck, he's going to, I think he's the guy that's going to take us. He's the closer for that team. He's the guy they're going to depend on to get that last shot. They get that one shot they need to go up or to get back into the game. I would give it to Jimmy. I wouldn't trust Ben Simmons. I can't trust him. And, and he, as a, as a track record and he, what he's done in the past, I wouldn't be able to trust that dude. I would put, I, I have trust in Jimmy Butler getting the job done alongside with Embiid those two guys yeah. rather than Ben Simmons. That's just me. Now when I say give the when I say give the ball to him, I don't mean like in a clutch in the clutch time. I mean throughout the game. Like if you're playing a series where you know they're gonna key off on Ben Simmons, you can you can gotcha, yeah. put the ball in, in his hand to bring it up. Yeah. Make whatever. You can still have Simmons on the fit on the court. Mm-hmm. You can run some screens, give him the ball. Mm-hmm. But as far as like that primary ball handler, when it comes down to it, I would probably say give that to JJ. The reason why mm-hmm. I I hate Duke and everything, but Ugh. the reason why is once again that that even though he's not a he doesn't get his own shot, mm-hmm. it's still a threat that he can make a shot. Oh yeah. Whereas with Ben Simmons, it's kind of like I mean he's going to get a, a nice pass or maybe don't. Yeah. That's about it. He's pretty limited when it comes to like basketball, ironically for NBA players. But <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see though. It's, it's going to be pretty interesting when it comes out. I think you know, it's going to be interesting, like, man. And another thing I would I was going to get into, I think that Ben Simmons should be posting up a lot more, and I think they should run their offense use the size. through. Yeah, they should run their offense through Embiid and Simmons. If Simmons is on the block versus a, a six foot two point guard, I mean that's the advantage Simmons. And if he worked on if he worked enough on his low post game, he would be a dominant force. And you can you, should, you most likely you're going to have to use. Um, a power forward or a small forward to, to defend him because he's too big. He's what six ten. Yep. 
you know, six ten point guard. I think it's like six nine, like six nine. That's crazy. That's, he, he might be like six ten, but he's still big. That's a like, big dude. He's still bigger than everybody he's playing against. <laughs> everybody, man. So that's what I would do. Which comes back to, mm-hmm. yeah, which comes back to if he can shoot. If he's six ten, he could actually shoot. Oh. Come on, that's like oh. KD at point guard. It's it's, it's going to be <laughs> nasty, and he already has but, handles. He already has an IQ, which is crazy. The only thing that's missing in this game is going to be his jump shot, which is. I think it's crazy because all your life as a basketball player, um, you're shooting, you're shooting, you're shooting, you're mm-hmm. shooting, you're dribbling. But the main thing is that you're shooting. And if you're not getting better at shooting and you're at the professional level, who are you getting help from? Who's helping you? You know, that's a concern for me. It's an honest, it's a deep concern because if they don't come out of the East this year, what are you going to do next year? Are you going to resign some of these guys? Everybody they- it's going to be crazy. Now, yeah. Philly, if I was a Philly fan, I'll be concerned. I'll be re- I'll be excited, but I'll be concerned because if Ben Simmons is not the guy that you think he is, what do you do? Would you want to go ahead and trade him to get some pieces back? You know he likes going. You know he likes L.A. I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there, man. You know he likes L.A. <laughs> you try to you try to recruit. If him, you man. if you, you <laughs> if you can put a package in to give Philly. A top ten, a top ten pick, which the Lakers most likely going to have, w- with other players like you know Ingram. They have Kuzma. They have all these young guys. Go. If you can put a package in to send him away, and you can send him to L.A. to play with Braun, I think it changes a little bit. But I also think they need a lot more help than that. <laughs> Just keeping it real. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to have the Lakers the whole clutch sports. Yeah, <laughs> AD might as well throw Draymond in there. I might as well throw. Uh... <laughs> I don't think Dray. My my idea. I don't think Draymond. I don't think I I I really think this. I think Draymond is going to end his career somewhere else. That's what I really think. Oh, I I, I know that's coming. Like it's, if it's, you can see it, you know you can you can see yeah, it. It's, he's the odd man out. It's like it sucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you. You're you're like a system player, mm-hmm. right? Everyone sees it. Like I don't know if you saw it, but they put the uh, most overrated and underrated list oh, out. They had Draymond. And, who do they have up there too? They had Draymond and Russ. Oh, was tied at one. Man. They tripping on the Russ. They probably just don't like him as a person. They they, they are <laughs> tripping on Russ because I think Russ yeah. is still. I, I want to. I can't say top five. He's he's a top ten player. Russ is a yeah. top ten player. Um, I think that James Harden moved above Russ this year. I would give James Harden the nod. And it's really hard for me because you got to think about the system James Harden plays in. It's a system dedicated to him. It's dedicated to the point guard yeah. bringing it up. You look at guys like Steve Nash. And I'm still pissed off. I'm that. still pissed off Steve Nash won two MVPs and Kobe only got one. Over Shaq. I, 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 that's just, Shaq uh, should have won one of those. <laughs> man, somebody. I mean, Shaq should have won one of those MVPs that year. Right? And, no, Shaq statistically had a better year that year. I was like, huh. They gave it but to Steve. They, they gave it to Steve because of his team and what he was doing with the with the Suns. They never they never went anywhere, yeah. but what he was doing for that team, it was just like James Harden. But James Harden is a better version because he's bigger, he's stronger. Um he drives to the rim a lot, lot better than Steve Nash, especially the fin- um, the finish wise. But it's it's very similar um, than Mike D'Antoni's system and what they have in James Harden. Because if James Harden was to go into another team and if it was more structured and if it was more people getting involved, he would not put up those numbers. I'm I'm sorry to say he, he wouldn't put up those numbers at all. Yeah, 
I used to call that the Sun and Gun back in the day when I used to uh, like two K nine, like two K two K nine. Well, I used to kill people with the uh, with the Suns. I used to I used to have Shaq out there shooting three. <laughs> just I was Shaq, I was threes. that crazy with it, man. Shaq on the corner, mm-hmm. leave him open. Go ahead, that's I'm shooting. I'm shooting. I don't care. I feel you. I'm just pulling with everybody. Yeah, that's how you do. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean that system works, but. Nah, it's not for it's everyone, not in the playoffs. But it just kind of works out with James Garden. It can't. It can't work yeah. in the playoffs. You just got to play. Deep. Yeah, it, it almost worked last year because Golden State was slipping. It almost worked last year, and the Chris Paul injury was crucial for the Rockets. And if there was ever a time to go ahead and get the Warriors, it was definitely last year. And they didn't get the job done. The Warriors went ahead, and that was it was history, man. Yeah, I was I was a Warriors fan that whole that whole series. I almost bought a jersey. <laughs> I really can't. If you would have bought a Golden State jersey, I would. I would have loved to see that. That would have been it. Oh no! I almost bought a Rockets jersey. You would never oh, see me go to State. Man. <laughs> Look, it's only a couple of teams that I would bet to wear their gear, mm-hmm. and it's like because uh, I just hate them so much. Yeah, Golden State. I know they're going to pass. It's like it's it's NBA, so it's going to be a thing where they're not going to be you know always here. Yeah. Anytime I bet somebody, I don't know why they never go through with it. Anytime I bet somebody when Duke or Carolina plays, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I wear Duke, whatever. They never bet it. I'm like, why not? <laughs> you know, you got to wear my Carolina stuff. I got to wear your Duke stuff if you lose. I would, I would, I would bet wearing Duke gear. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never wear New England gear. I would never oh, no. stoop to that level. I would never wear, <laughs> yeah, New England, number I one. Wear, I would never wear a Patriots uh, jersey. Yeah. I will never wear a Celtics jersey. I will never wear a Cowboys jersey. I will never wear a LA oh, Dodgers jersey. <laughs> Those are the teams I just. I would, like, I would, I would even wear, I would, I would wear a Lakers jersey, specifically a Kobe jersey, depending on the bet. Yeah. And that's just because how I put that energy out for so many years about these two things. Lakers and Kobe. Oh, remember the <laughs> arguments dude, we used to have? Like, we used to have arguments on Facebook about LeBron yeah. versus Kobe, about the Lakers and Cavs and the finals. Oh yeah. man, going back and forth with that. I remember. I remember those days. Man, I was I was hurt when LeBron went to Lakers, man. I'm like, damn. It's a cold world, I man. Didn't you no more, man. It's it, it, you know what? It didn't surprise me. It didn't, it didn't really surprise me because yeah. I knew in the back, I I knew. In the back of his head, he, the best opportunity for him to have for him to go to go with his career to move forward, especially in the, you know, the 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 Hollywood, the the, the movie aspects and everything like that was to go to L.A. And it was all written all over him. He wouldn't never stay in Cleveland. And he, if he wanted, you know, opportunities to do movies and, you know, commercials and, you know, different things like that, it wasn't yeah. Cleveland. It was maybe Miami. That's what I think he should have stayed. I'm I'm one of those people that thinks that he should have stayed in Miami. And if he would have stayed in Miami, I think he would have got I think he probably maybe with four four rings right now, maybe. Well, with that, a lot of came a lot came out recently with Dwayne Wade talking about he was considering retiring and everything by that point. So I think part of that was D Wade's health. Mm-hmm. He didn't really know if D Wade had it anymore. So I mean, we when you think about the teams where LeBron actually won mm-hmm. on, those are teams that work for LeBron. Basically. You got shooters. And you got a big man that can play defense, right? Yeah. And when it comes down to it, if you look at that Miami team, a lot of those players were older. Yeah. So you're not going to have Mike Miller next year. Ray Allen probably won't go be there in that next year. You know, so I think he probably looked a little bit more into the future because what LeBron does, you know, he signs those three-year contracts with a fourth-year option. Mm -hmm. So, and they said it even going back to, like, I think, like, their first wave of contracts with Carmelo and – uh. Chris Paul and Wade, like they all kind of do their schedules around that same time, except for Melo because he wanted to get that money. Yeah. So they can try to eventually play with each other. So 
And I think that was a big part of it too. Like I think the fear of Dwayne Wade's health and then also that team getting older. So, that's a lot of I mean, yeah. I, Cleveland. That's a lot of fear, man. And especially with somebody like me, yeah. I would, I would probably want to play with a, maybe a friend, not with a couple friends, and especially build a team like that. I'm old school. I would they like to destroy, right? <laughs> I would like to destroy my yeah, friends. And if I'm if I'm in competition and we're playing on, I'm playing on this team. You're playing on that team. I'm not gonna be really cool with you like that during the season. You know, I'm not gonna be dabbing you up. Yeah. You know, you know, spending time with each other and stuff. I'm old school. I want to I want to bury you to the ground. That's the mindset. I think that he that's the mindset. I think that LeBron and the Kobe's and the Jordans, the way they way they the way they approach the game. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that difference is the reason why I put those players over LeBron. It's because it is a mind. It is a mind game. And I'd rather have somebody out there that is going to go out there and try to kill you and try to bury you into the ground rather than somebody that he is thinking about what he's going to do after the game or if he's going to you know how he's going to feel if you know if they're playing against each other if somebody gets a hard foul are you going to look at look at him a certain way are you still going to be cool with him after the game i mean you know what i'm saying so those the mindset of those two players of kobe and jordan i would always put them over lebron is because of their mind lebron is more talented don't get me wrong. He's more talented. He does he does things that nobody's ever seen as a whole. The most talented player to ever play in the NBA is LeBron James. He's the most talented player, but that doesn't make him the best player because with that talent, you do need yeah. that certain mindset. And to be to be a champion consistently over and over and over again, you have to have that fear. You have to put fear in those in those in those um in the player's eyes. And that's what Kobe and Jordan did. Yeah. And I think LeBron he doesn't necessarily do that, maybe because it's a it's a day and age we live. But I don't think he does that, especially not anymore. They don't fear LeBron, and if they ever did fear him, maybe yeah. it was maybe one year he went to Miami, two years, but it was no fear. They teams are going there and try to win, and they did not fear LeBron. People feared Kobe and Shaq. People feared you know Jordan and Pippen. You know they feared guys like that. But LeBron, I don't think it's a the fear is not really there. I should say. I think it's a lot of uh, more so personality based. Not skill wise, it's more so personality. Like when you think about them off the court, mm-hmm. LeBron likes to be liked. He, he even said when he went to Miami and he tried to do the villain thing and they lost to the uh, Mavericks, he wasn't happy that season, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't like being a villain. He's just like a fun loving, you know, he's not that intense when it comes to outside of the sport. But when you see Kobe, like, Kobe was kind of like, uh, I forgot what I was watching, but they was talking about like similar situation we're having right now. Well, someone talked. They were talking about Kobe and how Kobe was like a loner in a sense. Mm-hmm. One, he came in, he was 18. Yeah. He couldn't go out. Him and Derek Fisher were the closest in age, but he yeah. couldn't go out with the team, you know, couldn't go to the bar and none of that stuff that they would do after the game. So he's pretty much alone most of the time because he's like the young boy in the squad. Mm-hmm. And then you got to think about him, how he also treated like the young folks when he was old when he was older. Yeah. It was more so that really intense like rubs you the wrong way yeah personality wise we've all heard about jordan out here breaking noses in practice so it's just like that intensity level where you got lebron who's just like a big goofball and you got jordan and kobe who are more really like intense about the thing so and i think that's where it comes from where lebron will be more prone to you know try to be your friend off the court Mm -hmm. so you're more prone to say oh that's just brian 
or okay, I know after this game, it's not even gonna be that deep. Like yeah. to this day, I don't understand how him and Draymond can even work together in the sense of we we all know, you know, clutch sports is LeBron thing. Even though <laughs> exactly. we can't, we can't yeah. say it, but I don't, I don't I don't see how he can work with him. I don't see how he's on the shows just by how they're going on the court. For me, the disrespect that Draymond showed, I'm holding that. Like until we yeah. retire, I'm holding that. Every time we play, I'm coming at you. Yeah, but that's not his personality. It's so, not, I mean, and I don't like that, man. It, it makes me mad because. You you have, you have all the ability, and it goes back to um. I think I was watching um. Speak for your. I was uh, yeah watching either Speak for Yourself, or it was one of them on uh, Fox Sports, and um. They were saying that LeBron James' personality goes back to what he how he was he grew up. He grew up in a single a single um a single family home. His mom you know worked two jobs. He didn't have a father figure around him that made him hang around with more kids. He was obviously liked as a kid. He had lots of friends. Everybody liked them. And that's how he approached. I think that his approach to the game is similar to that. He wants people. He he cares what people think. You know, you go back to Kobe and you go guys like this. These guys with how they grew up. They grew up, you know, Kobe's dad playing in the uh, in the NBA, playing overseas. He saw yeah. what it was like. He saw all these things, you know, Steph Curry. um, uh, Clay Thompson, they seen they have all they had all this help with LeBron. It was yeah. different. He had to obviously work for everything he had for it. Don't don't let me say all those other guys work for they they had to they had to um get at but LeBron different levels though. It was different levels. <laughs> it's a different level. Different level. Yeah. LeBron had to work for everything he got for, but he was the only child, the only yeah. child with one single mom. You're gonna you're gonna get. I mean, the mindset you have is to have more friends. You don't have any brothers and sisters. You don't have a dad to go ahead and talk to. You might have your coach, but that's not your dad. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, as a little kid, you want to have that father influence. You want to have lots of friends. That's why I think his personality is who he is today. He is a family yeah. man. He he is well liked in the you know the community with his friends, his boys, and things like that. But on the basketball court, being the actual killer, not giving a damn what your friends think, not giving a damn what everybody else thinks, I think he falls short to that. And that's why I think the the mindset of, you know, the Kobe's and the the bronze and the Jordan is just different. And that's how they split ways. I think that's the main thing that I look about. If I ever compared them, I think it's all about the the mindset of those two players compared with LeBron. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, a little bit too deep in the career to change anything now. Because if you try to change it up now, I mean, you're old now. Nah, you can't, yeah, you can't. <laughs> unless, just... you, unless you come back 280 and you're still running fast. Yeah, nah, it's, it's not, not going to happen. It's I mean, scary, man. The Lakers, the Lakers, in a they're in a sticky situation because if they don't get a free agent, if they don't get a draft pick that, you know, that plans out, they're in trouble. And I heard rumors yeah. about you can trade LeBron if they really wanted to next year, or it actually was this year, but you kind of stuck with him in a way because nobody wants to play, it seems like, with this dude. Besides what AD, yeah. they couldn't get AD. Looks like Kawhi doesn't really want to play. I mean, you have maybe Kyrie, but those are those are long shots. I mean, if you don't get a and, if you don't get a player in LA this year, I mean, what's LeBron's legacy gonna look like? And for me, I think his legacy is diminishing. I think people say, yeah, his legacy is already set. No, I don't think so. I think his legacy is going to diminish if he doesn't pull out a championship. If he doesn't make the playoffs, oh, yeah. he don't ever, don't ever mention the GOAT or anything compared with Jordan or he's a you know top three player. I think he moves down the list. That's just my opinion, you know? Yeah. And we'll get in depth on that on your side. <laughs> as far as for that. <laughs> um, so we could uh, – 
we can move along a little bit here because we are a sports and you know music type of uh podcast here yeah. so uh as far as for that um type of music do you listen to man i usually I'm, I'm right now i listen to a lot of podcasts i barely even listen to music but when i do <laughs> listen to music i'm listening to R. i'm listening to i can't say r&b i listen to old school so if i'm out there i'm listening to you know 90s hip-hop 2000s hip-hop listen to some bay area tracks man i'm just i'm listening to old stuff if i did if i turn in some new stuff i'm you know i can i guess obviously hip-hop but at the same time it's yeah. all old school for me it's all you know old school classic jams in the 90s um 2000s it's pretty much the same thing you know bay area music uh that's pretty much it but but music wise man today's today's music i think is a lot a lot of it's a little trash to me on the hip-hop side (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm 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 the same with you here uh you know we, we talk about music all the time so i don't even need to have to go into what i like as far as for that for uh my listeners but yeah, as far as for that, I know you were in Cali and everything, you know, uh, you know, happened to Nipsey a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, so what's your take on that as far as for uh, the impact and just how things are right now? The impact he had on the whole L.A., I should say L.A. city was, you know, it's you can't. You can't duplicate that. He was a type of dude that would go into the hood with chains on and wouldn't give a damn about what's going to happen. And he would go anywhere in L.A. and he was well respected. I'm not going to get into what really, you know, what I think would happen. Uh, but I think that as a whole, Nipsey, I mean, he changed the game so much that it's going to have an effect on, I guess, future future rappers, future artists growing up either in Cali, L.A. or across the across the U.S. It's almost I compare it to. Uh, I'm not sure you know him, but it's an artist named Mac Dre. Mac Dre was um he was killed, and Mac Dre basically he was Bay Area. He if you go you know to Google or you look up Bay Area um, hyphy movement, Mac Dre he was the Godfather. He was the one that put everything on the stage for you know people like you know E40 already had his he already had his foot in the game already, but um, yeah. he put other rappers on top. His his death, it was more celebrated that he was, you know, he was more celebrated dead than when he was even alive. And I think that Nipsey is going to have the same effect. He's going to be more celebrated for him being, you know, being him being dead rather than him alive. He's real respected. He's going to be respected. He's a legend, you know, going forward. But him dying is going to make a push. He's going to change a lot of people. Uh, a lot of artists is going forward. He has he's going to bring a lot of o- opportunity to most artists is growing up to have a better opportunity because they know, you know, what Nipsey stood for. And they're going to, you know, yeah. imit- um, do it pretty much do the same thing. Uh, and I think that it's going to it's going to be a positive thing. I think that his passing is, you know, obviously nobody wants nobody to pass away, especially, you know, Nipsey, a, a, some, a legend like that. When, when his passing is going to only help other individuals going forward i believe yeah and it's when he when you talk about kind of impact wise right Mm -hmm. so it's cool that we got the dynamic of east coast and west coast right Mm -hmm. so for east coast if you're really not in the rap you you really didn't know about nipsey until recently so maybe like if you really won't into rap victory lap maybe just because all the press right yeah before that you knew about him on yg songs right Mm -hmm. and that's just because 
the difference in what you're into, what you're not into, and how it reaches you, right? Yeah. But um, like me, honestly, I didn't really listen to them until like Victory Rap was the first. Victory Lap was the first project I listened to all the way through. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'll hear them on like YG stuff, and I'm like, all right, cool, right? Yeah. Now, but when you talk about looking up things, because I always heard about them, because I watch a lot of hip hop stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Watch a lot of hip hop stuff. Everybody always mentioned Nipsey Hustle, Nipsey Hustle. So I'm looking up. And, you know, the first time I really heard about him was he sold that uh, mixtape for $100. And uh, I'm a big Jay-Z fan, mm-hmm. and uh, Jay-Z bought, like, a thousand copies of it, mm-hmm. right? Now, when we talked about earlier, kind of about the reason why you got in the podcast, like, you want to inform people, right? Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of what you were talking about, his impact. Yeah. His impact is kind of similar to what Jay-Z's always been talking about. Jay-Z, a lot of people don't really realize that Jay-Z's always been talking about empowerment. It just was kind of under all that money cash holes yeah. <laughs> it was kind of all under that That's what it seems but like. he always talked about if you listen to his actual albums he always talked about black empowerment owning your stuff um he actually showed it too a lot of you know omen like the whole thing with chris out yeah when they became when it came out they were racist they started their own liquor and all that stuff like that mm-hmm. so he's always been about it but you got to think about jay-z it's like a elder statesman he's up there right mm-hmm. so when he's telling you own your masters do this do that it's like come on man like stop talking down to me yeah. right because you feel like he's talking down, he's preaching. Whereas with Nipsey, he's still relatively young in the game. Oh, yeah. When he's telling you, yeah, ownership is really important, it's a little bit different. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I don't really know this guy, but he's preaching something, right? He's talking about like the ownership and things like that. So it kind of comes back to what you're saying about your message and how I kind of counter that. Like, well, not counter, but kind of piggyback saying, yeah. like, it depends on if somebody wants to hear it or not. Yeah, that's true. Because I can tell you right now, Jay Z is my favorite rapper of all time, but 444 is a drag for me. Mm. Like I, I don't want to hear that from you just because I know you from all the other twelve albums. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's just like my take on four four four. Like it or not, listeners, um, it says I don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> I understand the message, I, I respect it, but I don't want to hear that from you because my mind of Jay Z is something different. Yeah, I understand growth and everything, but not knowing Nipsey, me hearing him say it, it's a little bit different. It's more so. Yeah, I mean, it really is important. Yeah, another guy, Joe Button. Mm. Really abrasive, right? Yep. And he's been saying the same thing for a while, too. Like, own your stuff. You need to be owning your stuff. That, that's where everybody messed up. I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. So it's kind of like he will have that impact more so. Like, everything he said he was going to do, mm-hmm. he actually started that process. Yeah. Like, he actually owns his stuff. He actually started businesses in the hood and things like that. Yeah. So we'll see how that happens. But, you know, you'll feel more impact on your side than we would over here, of yeah. course. Um, because it's more so of a, a Cali thing that's going on. I think but, it is too, you man. Know. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. It's it's more of, more of a Cali thing. It's more, I mean, if you were a fan of Nipsey, if you, you know, listen to, you know, the mixtapes in, in the beginning of his career, you can, you know, definitely relate. Um, I got into Nipsey only about maybe three years ago. So um, yeah. I'm a little new. I'm, I'm got a couple of his albums but at the same time i was a little new to him too as well you know i'm usually supporting you know bay area you know rappers especially the ones i'm close to um but yeah. for somebody to come out of la you know i support you know yg um you know nipsey uh the i've been supported the game uh but yeah definitely man it's just it's just where you're from you know you're from the east you can you can have a certain you can have a certain way uh, a certain uh a certain mindset so it's uh it's just interesting overall how how everything is happening after his death and you have guys out there acting a fool about you know trying to trying to get get with his get with his girl and you got, <laughs> it's just ahead. it's crazy man i'm like come <laughs> on man like really 
I got a whole different take on that one, but yeah, yeah I, did, I, I definitely do too. I think it's it's more to yeah. that as well, but yeah, yeah, man, it's yeah. We're gonna talk about that on uh, the podcast. I think we're gonna release this after the fact, but yeah, you will hear that if you a faithful listener, <laughs> you'll hear my take on that before you will hear this podcast. Definitely. Um, but yeah, um, as far as for that, man, good having you on. Um, you know, gonna wrap it up a little bit here. We are running, you know, pretty long on this one here. Yeah. Um, so. So I want to thank you for coming on, man. Anytime you want to join, uh, just let me know. You know, I'll run it past the boys, see if we can get uh, anything correlated with you. Yeah, man. Um, right on. So for my listeners, this was uh, Calvin Roberts, one of the Competitive 24 podcast. And, um, you know, we're going to be doing a second interview yeah. <laughs> where I'm going to be the guest. And uh, if you want to go ahead and listen to that, definitely go ahead and um, where is your podcast so you can let everybody know. I don't want to advertise your stuff for you. So... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. You can find me on um, on uh, iTunes. You just type in Competitive 24. It should pop up. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Competitive 24 Podcast. You can catch me on Twitter at C24 Podcast. Um, I have a couple things that's coming out with Competitive 24 as a whole being a uh, being a platform. So I'm getting into that. That's coming pretty soon. Um, it's not really complete yet. So I guess be in tune for that. Uh, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Um this is competitive 24. Uh, I got, you know, lots of eating and lots of um, comments and things that, you know, debates and things like that. So if you have anything out there, you want to get debated, just let me know, man. And um, Calvin Roberts, thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> and I uh, much appreciate it, my brother, man. I appreciate that. No problem, man.